Well, hello, I'm Rex Weiner. I'm the author of the original adventures of Ford Fairlane, the long lost rock and roll detective stories, published, of course, by Rare Bird. And um, I'm here with Stephen J. Schwartz, who has recently published Hollywood versus the Author. And that is also by Rare Bird. And Stephen, good to uh, finally have a conversation with you. Yes, thank you so much, Rex. I do. Uh, it's it's great to to finally meet you over the phone as well. Um, and uh, especially after you know reading through your work and and your especially your your intro to your book, which is so fun because it just brings back a lot of memories of things and, um, and the, the odd connections that we have in common, uh, you know, jumped right out at me too. So I'm, I'm just very happy to meet you. Well, likewise, and I should add that you are also a novelist, uh, with at least two novels under your belt, uh, about a, uh, you've also written about a Hollywood detective, uh, Hayden Glass. Uh, you've done, um, beat and, Boulevard, and you've got a third one on the way. I understand. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Boulevard and Beat are Boulevard's the first uh, in a series, and they are they are about a uh, LAPD homicide detective who is struggling with the sex addiction. So so his world is uh, is colored with uh, this um, fault that he has, and it kind of infiltrates his entire life. He's a guy that goes to uh, SAA meetings and has a sponsor and manages to get his uh, 30 day or 60 day or 90 day chip and then ends up going to a, uh, you know, to a strip club or picking up a prostitute and falling back to day one. And so that's, that's my hero. Um, well, but that it's sounds kind like... of funny because <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, I, I, I noticed that, you know, I, I make Los Angeles really as a character in the book in Boulevard. And in the second book, I take the character up to San Francisco um, and, uh, and then San Francisco itself becomes a character in that book too. And I noticed that that's, that's something that we have in common is that, you know, Ford Fairlane starts in New York city and you, and New York city, especially in that era is very much a character in, in your stories. Um, and then when you bring in Los Angeles, uh, same thing, you know, you get all the clubs, you get the street bums, you get the, you know, the, the pill pushers, the, um, the addicts, um, the whole music scene is so well described. Um, that the city uh, really becomes alive as a, as a character in, in your stories as well. Well, thank you for that, uh, Stephen. Yes, we do have that in common. And, you know, I should say that uh, my character became a movie. It was optioned for the movies and had quite a saga that um, is not unlike uh, some of the, the uh, sagas recounted in Hollywood versus the author. And I, before we get into that, I want to ask you, has that character, Hayden Glass, the sex-addicted LAPD <laughs> detective, has he been, you know, who's going to play him in the movies? And are we going to see that anytime soon? Yeah, that's, that's, that will probably be um, my essay in Hollywood versus the author part two, which <laughs> I will likely... Uh, be calling you about to see if you can contribute an essay in as well. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's funny, you know, when, when Boulevard came out, 
Um, there, there's a very short window. There's a couple of weeks where your property is very hot, right? You know, it goes out into the into the industry and everyone's looking at it, and and someone you know uh, ends up uh, grabbing the, the the an option for it, the rights, and um, and a guy named Ben Silverman, who's a big uh, TV producer, um, uh, secured the rights. And in an option, you know, you buy the option for like a year, and then you then the person who buys the option has the right to renew it for another six months or so, and so. He bought it for a year and he renewed it for six months. So for a year and a half, he held on the option and he uh, apparently was uh, was in uh, working with another director that he bought it for, a TV director, and, and they were going to do something together. And then, so after the option came back uh, to me, I uh, teamed up with a uh, showrunner and a young director, and we went and, and pitched the series to HBO and Showtime and Crackle, um, and. Um, and nothing happened to it, and and I realized as you know I've gotten older and a little bit wiser that that none of us had the clout really to get it off the ground. You know, none of us were a very strong element, and even though the book um, had uh, was a LA Times bestseller, it wasn't such a magnificent hit that um, that people would really know anything about it. It, it wasn't an element that um, that would create any kind of buzz in the industry. So. So um, that didn't happen. I kind of left it alone. I thought, well, you know, someday something could happen with it. You never know. Uh, and then a couple years ago, about a year and a half ago, um, I got an email from a director in Vancouver who said that a, uh, he worked on the show Lucifer. He was a, a first assistant cameraman, um, and he wanted to start directing. He'd done some directing uh, projects, and he wanted to do a short film for his reel, and he asked the showrunner for Lucifer to write him something because they were close friends. And she said, oh, I'll write you a short film based on this book called Boulevard that I like. Um, so they, um, they contacted me and asked for the rights to do it. And I said, absolutely. You know, uh, I gave them the rights. And then over the summer, I went up to Vancouver and they, they shot this short film. And it was fun and a really great actor named Dylan Neal uh, played Hayden Glass. Um, and that, that was neat. And I, and I kind of realized over the summer that I was waiting for somebody to come around and write a TV pilot. And that person really should be me because no one else was doing it. So uh, over the summer, I wrote a TV pilot, um, went back and forth with my TV manager. Um, you know, once he felt it was good to go, um, then I started slipping it to the first thing I did is I gave it to that showrunner from Lucifer. And then I gave it to another showrunner I know. And I'm, and I'm kind of just waiting to hear back from both of them right now. And one of them wants to partner with me on it. Then then that will be that element that I was missing before. You know, someone who has actually worked with Netflix or Amazon Prime um, has a relationship there. The producers um, will feel that the showrunner can actually take a show and execute, you know, 10 episodes or so, um, and then we can move it to the next uh, stage. So, so it's a work in progress, you know, and hopefully, you know, six months from now, um, I'll have it set up somewhere. And um, if it doesn't get set up as a TV series, then I'll write it as a feature film, and I'll try to get it off as a, a you know as a feature film. Well, I think your your story is um, not only instructive but uh, fits in with the rest of the uh, tales told in your book, uh, Hollywood versus the Author. Um, and one thing I've learned from my own experience, and I think you seem to feel the same way, is that once you create a, a character in fiction and it and that character comes alive and people respond to that character you have to stand by your character i mean you you have to stick with him and um 
you know, because he, your character has a life of his own. And uh, that happened with Ford Fairlane, um, sort of unbeknownst to me. I kind of pulled that story out of my butt, uh, writing myself, (laughs) trying to write myself out of a hole and have some fun. I had no idea that it would ever be anything more than it was, which was basically uh, a six-part serialized story in the New York rocker and then later in the LA weekly. Um, but over the, it was optioned for a project at Columbia pictures. And I was well paid for that. And it brought me out here from New York. And then, you know, eight years later, it finally got made at another studio, 20th century Fox with Joel silver producing and, yeah. This hot young comic, uh, Andrew Dice Clay, you know, he's right. the one that had the clout to get it made. He, together with yeah. Joel Silver. And yes, you're right. Yeah. You need clout to get this made. But I've always stood by the character. And then when Tyson Cornell, the yeah. rare bird chief, uh, offered to publish it i said well yeah why not the underlying rights the 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 intellectual property is still good it hasn't been seen in almost you know 40 years let's do it and i've gotten tremendous response to it and who knows it too may find a new life so yeah you you never know and it's funny too because i've talked to a number of people um since i received uh, your book um, from Tyson and, uh, and, you know, I've got you know, people that are my age and, and they remember reading it, um, uh, in both those publications in New York and, and, and the LA weekly too. And they're familiar, you know, with the character. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure they're familiar with the movie, but they're familiar with the character and the stories that was, that were serialized. Um, so I, th- I think it's an, it is an exciting character. It, it's this, it's this kind of character that I, I think you said in your introduction that, that he, it's like you, you know, it's, you just want to place yourself into the scene. You're tired of reporting on the scene. You want to become, create a character that, and enabled you to get inside the scene and write from that point of view and from this particular character's point of view. And that's, uh, to me, that's always a really cool character. I love being able to go into a, into a sketchy area, um, you know, uh, you know, an area that, uh, that I'm not really familiar with and, and, and like we re- really relive an era that, um, that I'm not that familiar with. So you've, you've sort of done that with, uh, your character, Hayden Glass. He's got a good part of you in him. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I've discovered is that, um, uh, you know, the old saying that you write what you know. Uh, and so, um, but you, you, and if you don't know it, you better learn it, you know, and then once you learn it, then you can write from that, that point of view. And, um, and Hayden is, um, tends to be the, the one character that really, really comes naturally, um, for me. I, I can, I understand his perspective. Um, I, uh, um, that's kind of way, the, the way that my mind thinks I've dealt with these, uh, you know, addictive issues myself too. So, so it kind of ca- comes from, from me, um, from my heart. It comes, it's a catharsis in, in my writing. And, um, and, uh, and I wanted to write a character that, you know, was kind of on the edge, um, as far as, you know, what is, uh, what is legal and what isn't. And, um, and being a, a detective, police detective, you know, he, he became, he crossed the line. You know, his backstory is that when he was a vice cop early in his career, 
Um, he crossed the line and picked up a prostitute that he was supposed to arrest. And that kind of like put him in this, in this addictive um, uh, way for, for many years, which he ended up having to hide from, from everyone on the force. And as he was promoted up all the way to, you know, uh, to a um, homicide detective at the, at the homicide division of LAPD, which is the very elite unit, this is a secret he's kept within the entire, the entire way. Um, well, that's, a, and so that's I did, a, I, 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 yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, that's a great character. And, and obviously you are personally invested in it. You know, I see in, in Hollywood versus the author, um, a lot of writers also investing themselves very personally in these characters. I mean, uh, you know, this, the Michael Connolly tale of how Bosch came about, uh, Lawrence Block talking about his things. I mean, these are some really, this is, if if there's anyone out there who wants to be a writer, these are great instructional tales of how to, um, how to actually be a writer and stand by your work and what happens to it once it's out there in, in the world. Yeah, it, the, the stories in this collection, I was very fortunate to get a, a very, diverse group of, of writers who have had all kinds of experiences in Hollywood. And I think between all of their stories, um, the reader will really get a good sense of what occurs when you're an author and you're, and you, and you think that you're going to get a TV series or a book deal or, you know, Hollywood comes calling and, and, uh, uh, she's this big seductress that pulls you in and, and gives you all these great compliments and, and you think your life will be changing momentarily and then the reality, of what what that really means, and what Hollywood is—the fact that there really is no no such thing as, as Hollywood. You know, Hollywood doesn't love my book. You know, Hollywood doesn't want to make my book into a movie. It's an individual producer who has shown interest that is is now appealing to 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 the book, and that becomes one of the the many projects that they have that they juggle that they try to get off the ground. Your one book might be one of twenty five different projects that they're juggling. And anything can come around to, to stop the forward momentum of that project. Um, and most authors just, they're completely unaware of, of the, that this world exists the way it does. And it's, it's uh, disheartening. Um, it's very depressing at times. But if you understand it, um, you know, the, the authors and many authors in the, in the collection, like Michael Connolly, who said, you know what? No one is doing this story right. I sold the rights to Paramount, you know, 15 years ago. I'm going to get I'm going to get him back because, you know, I'm, I'm the only one as the creator of this character who can really see this character come to life on, on, on TV. Um, and he had to fight to get the rights back and, and pay all that turnaround money to, to get him back. And, um, and Tess Gerritsen, her, her, um, uh, story, her essay is absolutely amazing because she had to battle, um, uh, against the studio Columbia pictures, um, for, uh, to try to get credit on, uh, her book. Um, that, that had become a movie, become the movie Gravity, that, that she felt, and she has a lot of documents, documentation to show that, uh, that it was based on, uh, the movie was based on her book, which is, by the way, called Gravity. Um, so, you know, we go from, you know, from, from people who are really very much involved in the industry uh, and have had some great success in it to people who are very, very new and just sold their first book and have had to experience uh, the kind of um, rocky uh, adventure to try to see uh, their film, their books get made into TV series or, or films. Yeah, I'd say your book contains um, cautionary tales as well as outright nightmares, <laughs> as well as you yeah. know uh, at least a couple of stories that 
that are um, triumphs for the writers. I have to say I, I was very partial to uh, Lawrence Block's story because he, like him, I stayed at the Magic Motel when I first came to town yeah. over there on Franklin. And, th and that's where I yeah. wrote one of the Ford Fairlane, uh, the L.A. Uh, uh, edition, the L.A. adventure of uh, Ford. Yeah. How, did, how did you get the idea to do Hollywood versus the author? And, and how did you approach everyone? I mean, did you send them letters? Did you know them? How did you yeah. go about doing it? Um, well, this is an idea. I, I, because I've been on both sides of this of this table, I, I was a development executive for Wolfgang Peterson for a number of years. And Wolfgang directed Das Boat, which is one of my top top 10 favorite films of all time. He directed um, Air Force One, In the Line of Fire, The Perfect Storm, Troy. Um, big, big, big director back in, especially in the 90s when I was uh, his director of development. And so I would sit on, you know, the other side of the table when when authors or screenwriters would pitch the material to me. And um, and, I, and I was, as a development executive, I was responsible for taking a, a novel or a short story and working with the screenwriter to do that adaptation. And I was very aware of, of you know, being a writer myself. I, I, I was always, you know, thinking about the writer and what the writer was going through, and specifically the author, who often was the smartest person in the room. You know, they're the one who spent, three years doing very intense, heavy research on their, on their, their novel and only to see kind of a hired gun come in and, and do a quick adaptation and change the characters, you know, their sexes and based on political reasons, you know, like a, the producer has a deal with Nicole Kidman. And so now their, their male lead has to become a female lead, you know, and everything changes, but everyone in Hollywood says, that's not that big a change. Don't worry about it. You know, so so I was on that side of the table, and then I became an author when I sold um, my my novel Boulevard, and I was introduced to thousands of authors, and um, and every author I, I met was interested in getting a, a TV or film deal, and and I thought, you know what, these people they need to know what it's about. You know, I, I'd love to hear the stories of authors who have dealt with Hollywood and 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 get that compiled somehow, so that all these other authors can get a sense of what it what Hollywood really is. Um, and I pitched that idea to my agent, uh, my New York agent, and he said, no, 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 just write another thriller, you know, and of course, <laughs> you know that's what he's going to say. Um, but it stuck in my mind for a couple of years. And, and then I, and, and Tyson's a friend, he's a great guy. And I pitched the idea to him and he said, he said, I would publish that. If you could pull it together, I'll, I'll publish that. I said, that's a good idea. So I, I started, um, just sending, you know, letters. I, I created like a letter about what the whole project was about. And I started going to mostly, you know, mystery thriller authors because those are the people who I'd come to, 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 to meet and to know. And um, many of them declined because they, are, they had Hollywood deals and they felt they didn't want to bite the hand that feeds them. You know, they didn't want to start talking crap. Um, and so at a certain point, I thought, you know what, I'm going to let people tell me the good stories too. Like Jonathan Kellerman's stories are mostly positive. T. Jefferson Parker, his story is very, very positive. He didn't have anything bad to say. He just had great experiences. Uh, Greg Hurwitz, pretty much very good experiences. Um, uh, but, you know, most of the stories I got were exactly what I expected them to be, and that was like this, these tales of terror, you know, in, in Hollywood. And, um, and, and it was great. It was very neat just kind of reaching out to people individually and getting this person, that person, this person, you know, to say yes. And it took about two years of corralling everyone and, you know, it's like herding cats, you know, and getting all of these together and then putting them in some kind of form and, and then writing an introduction and, and, uh, and then going out with it.
So it's, it's been a fun project. Um, and can you say, Stephen, which writers refused? Oh, probably not. <laughs> you know, I can tell you in, in private, just to protect them. So, I mean, these are guys that, um, uh, you know, that, that are currently have big deals in Hollywood and, and, um, and, uh, and they're, some of them are very close friends and, and, uh, but at the same time, I have to respect, uh, their feelings that, uh, that it might not be such a great idea to name names. And, you know, I name a lot of names, uh, in my essay in the collection too, but it's from a different area. It's from like the nineties, you know, and, and most of these guys, you know, I, I don't have any problem talking about it. Um, I think the, the, the one that's the most, um, uh, uh, sensitive, I guess, is Tessa's because she's really, you know, talking about people at the top of the industry that she felt uh, has wronged her. Um, so that, I mean, it's very much like the Art Bookwald um, case back uh, in, I believe, was it the 80s, I think, where, uh, you know, the movie Coming to America was based on his treatment that he sold to Paramount and, uh, and then he had to sue Paramount to get credit for it. And he actually won. You know? Right, right, right. Yeah, no, the, the test, test story was... Uh, Truly uh, uh, horrifying. One thing I was thinking when I was reading your excellent introduction is that there, one omission is that uh, in the early days of Hollywood, uh, screenwriters really had a lot more power. And I'm thinking uh, particularly of Francis Marion, who was not only one of the you know, female yeah. pioneer screenwriters, but she won two Academy Awards and uh, really, I mean, she made dozens and dozens of movies and really people had to yeah. sort of kowtow to her and she was the center of a, a literary circle yeah. of screenwriters here in L.A. who sometime after the, the 20s, the 30s, uh, somehow that power melted away and um it'd be interesting to, to she, she uh, was quite an exception um and i was considering including her in the introduction too and i thought you know what i'm going to save her for hollywood versus the screenwriter which uh i hope to do at some point i'd like to do that and i'd also like to do a collection called hollywood versus the journalist um <laughs> where journalists you know sold their stories to hollywood and saw them you know get get changed um I like to see this as a full collection, but yeah, the Francis Marion story that's fascinating in the fact that she did have so much power and that she was a woman in that day and age, you know, um, it, it, uh, it, it, it was, uh, it's a story that needs to be told. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, another, so you you have... know, another, another great essay in the collection is by Alexandra Sokolov, um, which is, I put her, her essay at the very end. Cause I kind of want you to end up thinking about that when you put the book down and she talks about pitching to Hollywood being the only woman in a room full of male producers and development executives and getting the note from the executives that, you know what, a woman wouldn't do this or a woman wouldn't do that. And, uh, and she's, she's the one who wrote the story, either the novel or the screenplay. And she says, yes, a woman would do this, you know. Um, and she had to fight that battle and continues to, you know, when she deals with film world. Well, the question is, you know, things are changing. Will that change to any significant degree and uh, and let's hope so because uh, you know the industry is kind of needs needs a a big goose right now it needs to be goosed yeah um, so uh, so what are you working on us 
<laughs> what am I? Well, I'm I'm working on uh, on really trying to get um, my my pilot to the right person and to the right uh, you know Netflix or Amazon or whatever and, and get that off the ground and, and if that does and you know I want to be very much a part of it as um, like a co showrunner or you know at least in the room as one of the the writers uh, and and at the same time I'm I'm going to be next month or so you know writing a, a feature length uh, version of, of Boulevard so that I can kind of have it in my back pocket in case, um, you know, someone says, Hey, well, this would be a better, you know, feature for Netflix or independent feature. And then I'll say, great, here's that version. Um, and then as far as writing uh, novels, I, I've, you know, I've, I've been working on uh, another uh, kind of a standalone uh, mystery thriller for a little while here too. So I'll, um, you know, as soon as I can just kind of get some time to focus on that, I'll go back to that, and God knows when that will be done. You know, I'll just keep pushing forward on it. So that's in addition to uh, Hollywood versus the author 2 and Hollywood versus yeah. the screenwriter and Hollywood versus yeah. the journalist. you got a lot on your plate, yeah. Mr. Schwartz. Well, well, we'll see if we get the other uh, Hollywood versus series going, but... Um, uh, if the first one does well, then we can justify doing doing more. Yeah. Well, I th I hope anyone listening to this conversation will immediately go out and buy the damn book because uh, it really is terrific, and I was thrilled to uh, to read so many stories that mirror my own uh, experience. Yeah. And uh, you went right through it. I, rem I remember reading your introduction that um, that your uh, books uh, that Fort Fairline went through turnaround. So, um, you know, the first stab at getting it done um, didn't, wasn't successful, and then it went through turnaround, and then it was successful. You know, yes, but I have married. to say my, my first experience with, with uh, Hollywood coming out here to write that under contract to Columbia Pictures when Columbia was out in the valley where Warner Brothers is, was pretty uh, – it was classic. I mean, the um, – the producer-director who got the deal was Floyd Mutrix. I don't know if you're familiar with him and what he's... No. He wrote uh, Freebie and the Bean and Aloha oh, Bobby and Rose, and uh, he did the Arthur Freed story, American Hot Wax, and uh, he was a character. No. He's still around. He, uh, and he... Uh, so he... he uh, you know, we drove around in his Ferrari... Uh, you know, supposedly writing a screenplay, I kept wondering, why aren't we in the office where they gave us a someone to actually, yeah. you know, he gave us a secretary. My name was on the door, on the parking spot. Why aren't we? No, nah, yeah. we got to go out in the street, man. And I, I said, well, that's fine. I already. <laughs> and so uh, we drove all over, all over Hollywood, uh, L.A., actually, supposedly writing this screenplay in every yeah. bar and strip joint, you know, every classic oh, okay. restaurant. And uh, you had the best experiences ever. I mean, I mean, you have lived the life. Uh, <laughs> I want, I want to have lived just a piece of your life, and I think I'd be satisfied. Well, you should. Days. When when you get a uh, when you get a chance, Stephen, let's go for a drink sometime. Go over to Musos yeah. or Santana's. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I I know that you're over in the South Bay, and uh, you've got a a bit of a family life to attend uh, to, but man, you know, you only live once. Let's cut loose. Yeah. I can find my way out to Musos. No problem. <laughs> All right. First round's on you. 
<laughs> All right. You got oh, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. First round's on Tyson. There, there you go. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll just, I'll get his credit card for the night. And by the way, I'm a real lightweight, so the first round is about as far as I, I can go, unfortunately. As I've gotten older, for some reason, uh, I just, I drink, I have one drink and I'm done. <laughs> kind of sucks. <laughs> but I make that drink a Macallan uh, 12, so I, I, I make it, you know, worthwhile. <laughs> that sounds good. Well, have we have we finished this first installment of our conversation? Yeah, or I don't know the time. Okay, it's. Uh, I think we're well along. Uh, do you have any? If there's one bit of advice to anyone who is already an author and wants to uh, make that transition into the movies and TV, or somebody who wants to. Be a, mm. a screenwriter. What would? What's the one piece of advice you would give after well, doing this this book? Yeah, actually, the first piece of advice I would say is is read this book or a book like it, so that you can familiarize yourself with the world of Hollywood, because everyone has an idea of what they think Hollywood is, and Hollywood is is everything and nothing. Um, and as William Goldman says in the great book. Um, adventures in the screen trade, nobody knows anything. So if you end up talking to a producer that says, we're going to make your book into a you know a huge hit movie and it's going to win the Academy Award and yada, 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 and he's guaranteeing things like this, then you know run away fast because nobody can guarantee anything. You know, If a producer says, listen, we'll do our best. We think we might be able to attach this actor. We might be able to get a deal with you know, HBO or whatever, um, we'll, we'll do everything we can, but in the end, uh, it, it just might not work out. Then you're actually talking to someone who is level-headed, um, who's giving you the straight scoop. And, you know, that's, those are the things to consider when you have multiple people that are interested in, in your, in your project. Um, but, you know, again, listen to other people's stories. Uh, you can't, you can't follow someone else's route. Um, your route is going to be completely unique. Um, but it will be very familiar. Uh, you know, the, the pitfalls um, that you will have will be very familiar to what other people have. And if you just are very persistent and you just don't let it stop, then at some point, you know, you will you will prevail. You know? and, and, you know, there's a woman in, in this collection named Naomi Hirahara who uh, she just started, you know, making an independent film out of her book because uh, the deals kept falling through and she ended up become from going from being a, a novelist to an independent uh, producer is what she's doing to get her film. In. Yeah. yeah. She's terrific. I've met Naomi and uh, she's got a really terrific um, series of books and a great character. So I'm hoping that yeah. that uh, all works out. Well, uh, thanks a lot, Stephen. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, bending the elbow with you sometime at Musso's. Uh, yeah. So um, again, Hollywood versus the author. I think it's kind of the, the up-to-date, definitive, authoritative uh, source on screenwriting and writing, generally speaking. So um, I really enjoyed it and uh, looking forward well, to more. Rex, thank you so much. I, I, I can't wait to get together with you. And, uh, and uh, also so our listeners know that you are the author of uh, the Original Adventures of Ford Fairlane, the long-lost rock and roll detective stories um, uh, published by Rare Bird Books. Uh, great talking to you, Rex. Likewise, Stephen. Onward. <laughs>